Welcome to the For Columbus Podcast. Sharing inspiring stories of local faith leaders from congregations, parachurch ministries, and the marketplace. With your host, Adam Ward. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode here in Season 3, where we are venturing outside the borders of Columbus to find organizations and leaders who are serving us here in the city. Today, I am with Brad Hill, the Chief Solutions Officer for Glue. Brad, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Adam. Good to be here. Now, Brad and I share some history way back into the early 90s in the D.C. area. He lived on the bad side of the river, northern Virginia, and I lived on the good side of the river in Maryland. <laughs> it is kind of like a turf war there. <laughs> it's it like is. like West Side Story or something. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. So we lived in the, the not-so-nice side. Actually, the, my side of the river was the not-so-nice side, but uh, I make fun of it. Um, I ended up going to school in Maryland at the University of Maryland, and Brad took off and went to Baylor. Recently crowned Big 12 champs. Congratulations. I don't want to talk about college football too much here in Columbus, <laughs> Adam, because I'm oh, sensitive. Oh, it was a brutal season yeah. for us. Oh, Normally you man. guys are, are very, very impressive. So we'll, well, yeah. that's why I tried to deflect the Baylor, who no one ever yeah. pays attention to that's here. Right. <laughs> but uh, you were a tech guy, and in the late 90s you were in that, got caught up in that dot bomb um, mess up, and then you were looking for a job, and you had two job offers. Right, right. Yeah, one was uh, one was another technology company, and and the other was to go work at my church. And uh, man, it was a tough decision. I, I did. I I went ahead with a tech company, um, but I <clears throat> at that point, God, I believe, had already put in me sort of a a desire, a calling, maybe to serve the church with technology in some way. I just chose at that point to do it more as a volunteer. And, and honestly, I, I kind of was hoping I could go, you know, upskill myself uh, in the marketplace. Sure. <laughs> and, it, and it wound up working out pretty, pretty well. So um, while I was working at that tech job, my, my consolation for the church was, hey, guys, I'm not going to come work here, but, you know, I'll, I'll continue to volunteer. And, uh, we, you know, we're talking before we started that uh, we had a what we called a worldwide web team. Oh, the old worldwide web team. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> And uh, I guess that we now call that Web 1.0. Um, and so I was I was busy doing that, you know, nights and weekends for the church. And um, it, it actually, you know, proved to be a pretty effective tool. We were still on dial-up in those days. But, and you get um, your AOL disk free in the mail. and then... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so a few other churches, you know, around the eastern part of the U.S. started seeing. I was, I was at a large church in the D.C. area doing this, and they saw it, and they said, could you build that for us? And, and so um, that, that volunteer gig um, really wound up showing me, like, hey, this could be a thing where, you know, churches could use this new technology to communicate, to reach people, et cetera. And so um, God ordered certain things, as you said, in the tech industry where the bottom fell out. And I was left um, really with the freedom to continue working for some, you know, small time clients who were paying the bills, mm -hmm. uh, doing websites for car dealers and lawyers. And I think I had a funeral home in there. But I was also able to start working with churches. And so that that launched a business for me that um, I grew for like the next dozen years or so. So you start by building out, you're building websites in, in your house, in your garage, yeah. I mean, if you will. And then you turn that into something that became a pretty big business, tech business. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we ended up having a, really a national footprint serving churches around the country, um, building church websites first. And then eventually we built a system to let, this is old hat now, but yeah. know, to let churches manage their own websites, which was really like, that was the holy grail. Part, partly so we could get out of the business of like having to update things every Monday morning. Right, right. Um, so that, and then that business folded into um, another larger technology play where we, we got together with some other guys who were doing online giving, which is very new. Uh, this would have been back in like 2011, 2012. So websites, online giving, um, we got together and then began growing that business into other areas of technology, <clears throat> church database, mobile app, et cetera. You guys did rapid 
you, I think you told me 43 businesses you acquired over the next... Yeah, quite a few. Several <laughs> dozen businesses, uh, in some cases in the same space, but we branched out into church database and background checks and a number of areas that were really all designed to say, hey, the way churches use technology, they buy these point solutions. They have different tools they buy, and none of them work that well together, and they don't integrate. And where, where that leaves a pastor is he, he and his team are really challenged to see the full life cycle of a person they're serving and a family that's new or coming through. And uh, so, you know, we were working hard to, to kind of fix that. Um, and so, yeah, at the time I left, we were we were active with well over 50,000 churches. Wow. Um, of all sizes and types. And with all of those businesses, you're creating a giant amount of information. And that's just sitting there doing nothing. And you kind of had this thought, what if we could do something with that information that's just sitting there? We would always sit there and say, wow, 50,000 churches, you know, think of the amount of data and information that's sitting there about people. And in many cases, you know, churches are measuring activity, attendance, giving, maybe baptisms or, you know, leadership, things like that. But, um, you know, could we get to the heart of knowing how the people are doing and Understanding if we're growing an individual, a family, a, you know, a teen, a child. Um, and we were convinced that a lot of the signals were there in this pile of data. Uh, but, it, but being able to actually, you know, build views around that and get to the point where it's actionable um, was challenging because, you know, we, we had a lot of business realities we were just managing through. So, so as, I, as I transitioned away from that organization, which is called Ministry Brands, um, I still held that that thought and that conviction. And uh, that's ultimately what led me to get to know Scott Beck, who's the founder at Glue. And uh, we started working together now almost four years ago. And uh, that really fuels, in simple terms, a lot of what we're doing at Glue is to help give pastors and church leaders the benefit of all the information and data that is available about the people they're serving and the community around them and the people they want to serve. So Glue not only owns a bunch of data, but has tools to be able to grab that data and parse it different ways and share information. Yeah, well, and and um, we always want to be careful in how we talk about data because it's such a, an important but yet sensitive subject in today's climate, right? right. And so um, we, would, we would always be first to say that Glue actually does not own any data. Um, and that's that's sometimes like a counterintuitive point people don't realize, but we've we've built our system specifically around that principle that the data belongs to the person mm. and the churches that steward these people. It's a sacred relationship that the church has with its part with its you know yeah. congregant parishioner. So we respect that, and we always are very careful to build that into everything we do. So we we're, what we're trying to do is you know if you want to think in terms of like infrastructure or utilities we're, we're kind of the plumbing and so we want to build a lot of the systems that allow things to flow um, we believe that actually a lot of the reasons today that the church whether it's here in columbus or anywhere doesn't get the full benefit of its scale is because we have we've built these silos and we have a lot of things that aren't connected well you say the church. You mean the big C church? <clears throat> yeah. Well, big C down to little C. Okay. You know, I think we've even even within a typical local church. When I go in and I talk to, you know, maybe the senior pastor or the ex- executive pastor, youth ministry, you often find that they may have actually gone out and bought different tools or subscribing oh. to things, and they don't even have things coordinated within the building. Right. Uh, but then, yeah, the problem just sort of like. Uh, balloons from there when you talk about a regional or state or national picture um, how do we know that you know we as a church are making the impact that we that we we seek to yeah I remember in the mid-2000s we had so many logins in the corporate world that we were bragging about single sign-on so that we could get into all of our systems with one with one login of course that was back 2004 2005 (laughs) you know um, but you're saying you're going into places and you're seeing all these disparate software solutions and how do we actually leverage this to, to do our local mission? Right. And you guys are trying to to help 
be part of that solution. Not only that, but we <clears throat> we sometimes as churches put our think about what we put our congregants through. Um, so I'm a parent, right? I have two middle school age, high school age daughters, and uh, you know at, at the church I attend, we have there's a church app uh, that we have to download and get a login for. I got somewhere else I go to do my giving. Um, I check my kids in um, on a kind of a different system. And then one of their small groups uses something like a, you know, group me app. I mean, I could fill my home screen just with apps, church apps. for my, for my own church. Right. And, um, you know, one pastor told me recently, he's like, you know, I remember the old days when I would get up and preach and I would say, everybody turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah 29. And I would hear the rustling of pages <laughs> yeah. throughout the sanctuary now, when I say turn turn your Bibles, I just see everybody get their phones out and I see the fingers swiping. And and his point was, part of it was just like a nice nostalgia about the old days. But his point really was that they're using the Bible on their devices and mm-hmm. their phones. Maybe they have an app. And I know that there's data there that can talk about, are my people in the Word? Mm-hmm. This was the conversation we were having was, are my people engaged in the Bible? Mm-hmm. And he said, I know that there's actually technology now that's tracking that, but I, as a pastor, don't get to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the benefit of knowing, are my people reading the Bible outside of church? Are they engaged in the word Monday to Saturday? And so that right there is just a really great, simple example of the fragmentation we have today. Yeah. Because he's right. There are there are apps and websites and technologies that know Probably you, Adam, and me, whether we're reading and, you know... Well, I mean, look frequency. at version. version just had half a billion downloads. That's right. They just reached half a billion. And every and I just got sent my year-end summary for version, which I, I wish they would have waited till the end of the year because it shows I'm only 330-some days of, <laughs> of engagement. But, um, like, they know how many days I've been on. They know how many perfect weeks. They know what scripture I've read. And that's all on the home screen. That doesn't even know what's behind the scenes and like you said that's just one app that's right and there's plenty of research for example that suggests in this in this example that someone who's bible engaged american bible society defines this as four or more times a week that you're reading scripture if you're bible engaged you're exponentially more likely to produce other spiritual practices in your life your Mm. your relationships are likely more healthy you're praying more you're more generous all the things that a that a church would ultimately love to produce and multiply in its people. So Bible engagement is, is one example where that's a leading indicator. Man, what if what if a church leader knew um, the state of Bible engagement and could validate that? So that's... Here are my percent of people, four days or more. Here right. One, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So so anyway, that's, that's just to us like a very simple example indicator of what could be possible. And, and actually is possible today with technology. But again, back to the plumbing idea, getting all those things connected is is a challenge. And um, there's, you know, glue sees uh, an opportunity and a need to step into that. Uh, we we want to let all those that are building the Bible apps, like you version you mentioned, and others that have content continue to do what they're called to do. Uh, but we want to try to, as we sometimes say, connect the hoses so that the leaders have the benefit of all that. Yeah. <clears throat> now, if I were to go and ask leaders around Columbus, what is glue? I'm, pro- I'm probably, if I ask 10 people, I'm probably going to get 10 different answers. So I'm going to rewind almost two years. Um, glue started a partnership uh, with Barna doing Church Pulse Weekly, um, doing weekly surveys nationally you guys were the were you the collection engine behind it and the reporting engine that's right yeah we at glue has um built a a pretty sophisticated assessments tool so we um we partnered with our friends at barna i know you had savannah kimberlin on here a few weeks ago and she and david kinnaman and their whole team has just been just a, a fantastic partnership um between us and yeah um right before the start of covid we had worked hard together on a project to, um, to extend what Barna calls the state of the church. And <clears throat> the idea was, hey, they can do research across the kind of the big C church. And what if we also gave individual pastors and leaders the ability to see the state of my church? Mm. And so the assessment vehicle was really a way to put that in the hands of every church 
So you simultaneously see the big forest and then you can get the tree level down at your own congregation. And so we saw even even as COVID, you know, kind of settled in on all of us, we saw um, over 30,000 churches participate in some way, checking in on their people once they all were sent home, understanding uh, where people are on some some key common metrics and uh, it was really a glimpse for us of what it could look like when churches and, and leaders are interested in being data informed. Um, we, we look back at Nehemiah, we look back at um, the life of David and so many leaders in scripture who, you know, are, are seeking to make wise decisions and using data uh, that God allows to be, to be in front of us. And so um, having these assessment tools and then having Barna's wisdom on top of it to understand how to make sense of it has been a really good partnership. And as you know, in this last year, we kind of extended that. If you had state of the church and state of my church in the middle, we asked the question, what would be the state of our city? Mm. And so Barna came here to Columbus and to just a select few other markets. And very, performed. very select. It, I mean, you, was, if you haven't listened to the episode, go back. We're one of four cities that's right. in the U.S. that they came to. Yeah, what's the state as, of our as city? As a partner of you, mm-hmm, that's right. Glue. Yes, so we've we've um, we've spent the year essentially asking those questions. You know, can can we measure state of things and also see the state of change at a city level? So I'm going to go back a little bit. So that two years ago, I remember having my first conversation with Scott being introduced to him through the friends at Louise Palau Association. I end up spending about a year listening to Kerry Newhoff and the Church Pulse weekly podcast and really loving that and finding out about these assessments. And as an engineer, I love the data, but one of my spiritual gifts is discernment. So I'll easily say, well, I'm just going to do what the Spirit tells me. But then also, I love to collect data. So this combination of discernment and data for me is really powerful because then I feel like I, I can actually go to the spot where I need to be discerned or I can say, you know, how does this actually meaning then last November or December, we, f- I first met you on a series of calls and you guys were deciding, are we even going to come waste our time in Columbus or not? Right. Is Columbus serious? You're not on the radar. You're not on the, our r- roadmap. We did some things. You found out we uh, had some, you know, good stuff going on here and you decided to, to partner with us. If we were to look back at 2021, we've tried a bunch of different things, right? And so people would be like, well, what, Adam, what you sold me on glue is not what we're doing now. And glue, you're talking about data and all of this stuff, and I haven't even been exposed to that part yet. One of the terms that you used right before we started this uh, interview was that you orchestrate. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I were to say... Brad, what do faith leaders here in Columbus need to know that it, glue is? What are they trying to do, and why is Columbus important to you? Well, we yeah, it's a great question. You know, we we looked at um, that that select group of cities and where where might we go invest time and effort. And you know, Columbus is such a great size market. It's what I think two point four million mm-hmm. people, something like that, and. Um, we, we also observed that there's some really interesting energy sets here. Um, you've, got, you've got a lot of churches um, that are doing great work. You know, we've, we've been working with a bunch of them lately, Leave a Mark and um, Dwell. And um, just we have this list now, there's, we'll, and we'll get into what they're doing. We can tell some stories. But you also have <clears throat> parachurch ministries here on the ground that are actively looking at how do we bring bring our leaders together and how do we create some connective tissue and that's a good signal for us that orchestration mm-hmm. idea really um is is the manifestation of this idea that we are a body and um we see so much siloing today where you know in in the last decades really um there's been a go it alone attitude and that that that's a technology statement but it's really more a, a ministry approach statement even our ecclesiology sometimes is pretty isolated from folks down the street um, so glue again you know is, is looking at how do we how do we help each of those different parts of the body benefit from the whole mm. uh, you know because like Adam at for Columbus you guys have eyes and you're at an altitude that 
uh, churches are not always looking. And, and there, we've seen some really interesting uh, energy in the black church segment here in Columbus where, you know, they've told us things like, hey, we've, we've never or we've seldom really gotten together before. And as we convened and helped again with Barna, their trends in the black church report provided really just a bedrock to convene leaders across the black church here in Columbus. And lo and behold, they discover Wow, there's some there's some really compelling and convicting data here, but there's also we see opportunities mm. to work together, um, and so we we want to celebrate that kind of energy, and in fact go further and say we we believe that it's imperative that we work together across the city. We see all over the New Testament where the church really sees its greatest impact at a city level. Mm-hmm. Individual churches can can do a lot, um, but a whole country is probably too big of an area or even a state. But when you get down to a city, um, well, the church talk about the Church of Antioch or the Church of Jerusalem, right? Or all the, the time. Yeah, that's right. Galatia or wherever. Yeah, and and I mean, a convicting question too is like, hey, in the you know first chapters of Revelation, if if we were going to write a letter to the Church of Columbus Ooh, today, yeah, what would it say, and what do we want it to say? And, um, you know, our belief is, yes, we're a technology company, but we're, we really have our eyes fixed on what are the ministry opportunities in front of us now. And technology allows us to reach people. Technology allows us to be better informed leaders. It allows us to know, for example, things like in my church, are the people stronger spiritually today than they were a year ago? Are we, are we making an impact on marriages? Um, is is there any difference between the people in our churches versus the people who are not in churches and in our communities? And if you can start to answer those questions and produce a dashboard, for example, you start to really galvanize a lot of pastors for sure, but marketplace leaders, donors, even, even secular agencies across mm-hmm. our city should be able to look at the church and say something's working over there. Yeah. And we want to put energy into it. So that's that's an opportunity we see here in Columbus. Actually, that was one of the things that excited me the most, too, because when I saw all of the stuff of the Church Pulse Weekly, all of those tools are available to the local pastor to use within their congregations right now. They can go and sign up and, and start using those tools and finding out where their congregation sits and start looking over time where it's trending. And, uh, and, and one of the things that the partnership did Columbus and glue you guys decided to come here as a city and us raising money here locally is that we've been able to give free scholarships to churches. So almost 200 churches have gotten onto this, what you call a glue connect platform, right? Right. That's right. And, but that glue connect platform not only gives you access to the assessment, it gives you access to partner content. And, um, it's, we've tried a couple different things that one, I love the outward evangelism where not only we're we on this platform, so pastors have access to this, but now we're, we've created digital content to find the unchurched and respond to them in, on, in this Explore campaign. And I remember sitting at, a, at the River Radio Station in the middle of the summer and you guys pitching, does this sound like something we can try? Because the first thing we tried... Um, it, we didn't have really great results. I mean, we hit a lot of numbers, but we didn't have, have a lot of conversion. You came back and said, let's try this Explore program. And then all of a sudden, we've got thousands of people all around Columbus, and throttling the budget too. Yep. Thousands of people all around Columbus reaching out to churches who had never reached out to churches. So you say, okay, we're a data company, but then all of a sudden, these Explorers are coming in. How in the world? Tell us a little bit about the Explore program and how does that tie in? Oh, yeah. So you're, you're hitting on, first of all, you're hitting on just at Glue. We have we have a really a culture of innovation and we're, we, we love trying stuff. We're not afraid to pivot. Um, and and we, we feel like through that journey, we bumped into some things as you kind of called out, but we've now hit on something that we think is a big, big deal. Um, there's a mission field in Columbus, um, but there's there's sort of like a, a a hidden part of it that is happening on our screens, and and we've seen this in in a lot of other cities, but Columbus is one of the cities that we've noticed has really just responded well. You think about even um, Barna's research; 
this this year in Columbus ask questions about where would you turn for help if you had an emotional need or if you were looking for um, support in some way. And there's, you know, there's generally people are going to say, I, I go to my spouse, I go to my family members, etc. Um, the unchurched in Columbus, only 10% said that they would come to the church for help with an emotional need. And that, by there the way, that's, go. that's not all that different. I don't want to um, make, make it sound like Columbus is, is different yeah. than the norm. I mean, that's the true in most cities. Yeah. It's really just kind of a cultural reality of today's, you know, today's uh, we slightly less than the national average there, but yeah, we were right in the range. Right. So, so, Hey, if we, if we hope, if we have a hope of um, meeting, meeting the real needs of people around us here in Columbus, um, they're not just wandering into our churches on their own volition. Um, what they are doing, however, is they're searching online. And that, that happens on Google, of course. It also happens on social media. Um, people are searching terms like, where do I go if I feel anxious? Or um, how can I cope with my loneliness? Um, what do I do if I'm in a toxic relationship? Um, it, it goes on. I mean, there's, there's a, a myriad of topics and the problem is when they search for those things today, um, they're typically finding answers from the world. They're getting mm. they're getting responses from you know self help or secular resources that aren't here locally. Um, if it's a marriage relationship thing, you know the example we often use is they they're getting a lot of Google results from divorce oh, lawyers. Oh, divorce lawyer. Yeah, my marriage isn't working. I'll get a divorce. Right, and <laughs> and um, the implication there is it's hey, if you're if you search something about your marriage having problems, it's a foregone conclusion you're probably going to get a divorce. Yeah. So we can help you do that fast and easy and cheap in 15 minutes. Right. Um, who's not there is the church. We we as a faith community are glaringly absent from the results, the screens, the the news feeds that people are actually turning to for help. But not now in Columbus. That's right. So so we saw that that problem and we said, hey, this is this is actually something that's pretty well understood and, and easy to fix um, if we can once again orchestrate the right resources. So you mentioned donors and fundraising earlier. So hey the the reason those lawyers, those divorce lawyers get on page one is because it's extremely expensive. Yeah to bid on ads for that keyword. So most churches, that's out of reach. You know, you're talking well over $100 per click to be on that screen. But if you have the benefit of collective cooperative advertising funds, which we now do Mm -hmm. in Columbus, we can put the church now in places, Adam, where we haven't been. And that's, that's a Google and social media comment. Um, but it also even translates to more traditional advertising methods, which we can talk about. So there's suddenly an incredible opportunity to put the kind of the big C church in Columbus in the middle of our culture at the point of need where people are searching for help in all those topics. And then what we do is we, <clears throat> we encourage people to not just have a foregone conclusion that the world is going to help you, but there's hope. You're not meant to go this alone. Um, God has a plan for you. All these messages of encouragement that lead them to uh, a handful of websites and pages that have been set up to usher them into a point where they say, I would like to connect with someone to talk about my need, to get help, um, to just have a listening ear. So, so far, all of this could be the, res- could be the work of a single large donor Picking a city, right? If it wasn't Columbus, they could have picked somewhere else. But this next little bit, the last mile, couldn't have happened without the cooperation or the the people, the two hundred churches or that are in the Glue Connect network, right? Yeah, that's that's right. And I, you know, I would even say too, like one of the problems maybe that we've had um, in some of our initiative models as a church for decades and generations is kind of what you said. Like we may have a big flash in the pan moment where a single large donor or a national group comes in and does a big project and we have a nice lunch and we get things started but then there's a start middle and end to it and it's not normally built with a a level of sustainability and so not only does the last mile problem benefit and you know i'll explain that but we want to we want to set something that's sustainable because as far as we can tell like google's not going away 
<laughs> and social media is not going away. So if we have, if we want to hope as a local church here in Columbus to effectively reach our community for the long haul, we can't just rely on some you know big national group coming in here to do a momentary thing. Right. So so yeah, that's right. I we, mean, because we could force people to a website. Okay, you have enough money, you buy it. But the, the cool part is what's happening after they get on that website. And that's what I want to really... Yeah, when they get on the website, so they th- these are people that are saying literally, yeah, I, 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 I want to connect with someone. And they give us a name. They fill out typically two ways to contact me, email, mobile phone, um, and they click submit. On crazy issues, right? Like- Very personal. Yeah. Uh, they're, this, is, this is such a striking thing that pastors are now learning is when you venture into ministry online... People drop the pretense that they often have when they walk in our buildings. Um, so you're so getting some raw, unfiltered. You you know what you're walking into when you when you engage with one of these people, and you, as you said, we call them explorers because they're exploring help, answers, whatever. Um, they're going to tell you, like, hey, here's what's going on in my relationship. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's the symptoms of what I think is anxiety, or hey, I just I would love prayer. Um, and so when so you, they're, they're, they're telling you their name, a way to contact them, and what their problem is. That's right. Or if they want prayer. And that's sitting somewhere. And then what happens with it after that? Yeah. So, so what Glue has built is we've, we've developed a system here in Columbus and, and other cities where we can take that explorer coming in. We look at the situation and what they're saying, and we then match them to the best qualified church here in town that can serve them. And that results in what we call a connection. And we literally send uh, a message, normally an email or a text, to the, the leader at that church that's signed up and said, I would like to receive these people. And we're like, great, here's one. And we give them all the details, and then they can engage in ministry. That's happening right now. And you're doing that. You're matching it by zip code or close proximity or yeah, you're using, starting to learn the style of the different churches too. So Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, you know, this is, again, back to the, the idea of the body. You know, location, proximity is a big factor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not every church maybe is equipped to handle teens. Right. Or not every church maybe can handle. Um, we've had a lot of situations in multiple cities around immigrants and refugees Mm. or um, rent rent assistance like lots of these are real things that people are actually stressed about um, or feeling feeling a heaviness about in the world and so we look at which churches are uniquely gifted and have a heart to serve that type of need Mm -hmm. and like you said also who's close Mm -hmm. and so we factor all that in we we do have tools and systems for that but a lot of people don't realize we have human beings that are, actually that are actually logging in and forwarding it to a contact church yeah, that's contact right. person. So, you know, we've been doing this since, um, as you mentioned, Adam, we spent a lot of the year really kind of learning and testing. And so in late July, uh, that's that, that really marked the beginning of what we're doing now that has been, we think, maybe the winning, the winning combination of ads and systems. And so since that point in, in late summer... We're at a pace now in Columbus where there's about 10 to 20, depending on the day, 10 to 20 people per day that are coming off of our online sources and want to get connected to a church in Columbus. These are 10 to 20 people who would never walk into a church building. If the ad wasn't there, they're probably getting it off of psychology.com or divorcelawyer.com. And they're coming to us and they're saying, can you please help me with this? That's right. (laughs) And I think I think the average church size in Columbus, um, I, my numbers are probably a little off, but it's somewhere sub 125 people. It sounds right. Yeah. So so a way I think of it is about every 10 days we're we're filling an average size church with explorers here in Columbus, and these are people at, you know and, and uh, you know Pastor Norman Brown here in town shared recently that just some amazing stories where he he has he's someone, developed a national best practice with his. Right, so we've got five cities doing this right now, That's right? right? And his was shared as a best practice on a national call. A couple he wrote weeks ago. he wrote a tip sheet for other <laughs> pastors, which is awesome. And um, yeah, he he has stories about uh, connecting first with someone, and you know, I think people have this connotation that an online explorer, it's going to be this cold digital interaction. 
you know, nameless, faceless, whatever. These are real people. And what he does that's so beautiful is he's connecting with the person via text or email, but then he's turned them into, in many cases, personal, physical meetups, you know, maybe for coffee or join, join me or even a Zoom call where we can at least see each other. And then he's got stories of bringing a Bible to someone or uh, bringing groceries we've heard from other pastors. Um, his results, um, and I don't know that this is super typical yet, but um, 30 to 40% of those explorers that he's reached out to are now active engaged members of his church. <laughs> is that great? Um, and so he, and that, that's, that's all on him. Like we yeah. just made the connection. The churches get to do ministry. And, and that's what's so beautiful. And I know we've got all different models that are going on um, within Columbus that are actually happening nationally. You know, some pastors locally feel overwhelmed. You know, they're trying to handle it as senior pastors or um, spouses of senior pastors. We've got, you know, there's a team in Kansas City that actually has, what, 10 or 12 lay leaders in their church that are handling it. And some of them live in different time zones and they're handling the late explorers that are coming because the explorers are, are matching this beautiful you know, oh, I, Sunday morning. <laughs> I just checked here in Columbus. So our busiest times when explorers are coming through, Sunday, 9 p.m., Monday, 9 p.m., Tuesday, 9 p.m. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at 9 p.m. are when people are begging for help from the church. Those are peak times. And They're asking for help. That's right. Uh, one pastor said, this is just like old school evangelism, except they're knocking on our doors. And Which has been a long time. And... Uh, and those times, those those peak times, as I always say, those are the opposite of when we're typically open for church. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a real, the, the culture is not hiding and is not being secretive about when they want help, as you said, and when they're interested in connection. We just need to decide as a church, like, do we want to be ready and available to receive them? Because they're 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 ready. They're asking yeah. for help now. And like you said, Brad, you you brought the connection, but you didn't bring the workflow to it to a church. And we've got stories of pastors who, you know, had the exact opposite of Norman Brown and said, "Well, I treated it like this," you know, and and not one person ended up coming. But then we've got the Norman Browns all over that are doing it, and so that's why we've created these tip sheets. So if a pastor's like. I just need to know how to do it and do it effectively. They don't have to go figure it out now. They can actually take this. There's models of teams doing it, leveraging prayer teams, leveraging lay leaders, leveraging out-of-state church attendees to be able to accept these explorers. So the first thing I think is if you're not on the Glue Connect platform, you have to get on the Glue Connect platform. Right. And that's simply grabbing a, one of the available scholarships. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes, which is what they go to... GlueConnect.church is probably the simplest website. GlueConnect.church. Yep. So grab your scholarship and get, or have your prayer leader or whoever grab a scholarship there. Number two is they have to, you have to be willing to accept explorers. And there's a few criteria, right? You have to be able to respond within a certain time. You've got to be able to handle, you know, you know whatever this, you know, our portion of 20 a day is here in the city. And then just start doing it, right? That's it. Yeah. And, and the tips, you know, you mentioned Norman Brown, Jared over at Levenmark Church has been doing great work. So many leaders, but it's simple stuff. Uh, this is not a technology or an app to learn, really. This is just ministry to people. You know how to do this. Um, we just learned some techniques that are really, really effective. For example, you mentioned time. So when, when someone at 9 p.m. is sending a message in, um, you want to you want to work to try to respond to that as quickly as you can. Certainly by the next morning, uh, if not sooner. And as you mentioned, some churches are even starting to deploy lay leaders or other members of staff to just you know, remember like we we do like minister on duty or pastor on call right, type right. of thing. It's that same mindset. We, um, just when they're when they're surfacing a need, it's it's good. We've we've noticed to get back to them as soon as you can. So hours count. Um, empathy is -hmm. such an important thing when we're dealing, like we talked about the transparency they're giving us in terms of what they're going through and what they're feeling. Um, it's probably not the right response to send back a really long email all about my church. 
Or come to the next Sunday service and we'll talk. Or come to the service time. Yeah, or, or share. That's not on Norman Brown's tip sheet. No, that's no. right. What, what is good, what is effective is sometimes a very short, simple, personal message. Hey, Adam, thanks so much for writing, writing in. Sounds like something may be going on, you know, with your relationship or you're going through a job change. Hey, I'd love to talk about it. When's a good time tomorrow? You know, just think about how you would communicate with friends or might might text someone you know. Uh, those those approaches we're finding are are really really effective. <clears throat> and then I, you know, the final thing I would say is, despite Norman Brown, who we've held up as, as a good example today, <laughs> um, don't initially go into this thinking of it as a church growth strategy. Um, yes, these are people who may eventually find their way into our churches. But this is a ministry, mm-hmm. and this you know a lot of churches are putting this in kind of their local missions mm-hmm. or local outreach bucket, and how they think of it. Um, which because they're getting people from their zip code or they're, near. They're near very close them. by. That's yeah. right. Um, we also have churches, you know, though, who are saying, "Hey, I'll take somebody further away, or I'll take someone online," because maybe we have online small groups or yeah. what have you. And now uh, another recent guest you had, Jess Gatton at Alpha. Oh, yeah. Alpha has been uh, coming coming around saying, hey, we would love to help churches here in Columbus create a safe place to catch these explorers mm-hmm. who maybe just want to explore and have, have an easy way to ask questions. And so that's another great way to, you know, receive these explorers well and get them on a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one thing is you just need to decide the need is out there and we're surfacing that. We have so much data back to our starting point. <laughs> Where we can say, what are the top subjects in Columbus? By the way, number one has been loneliness here. Columbus is a little different than some of our other cities. Yeah. Uh, goes yeah, loneliness. we talked about that with Savannah and Barna. Yeah. It's actually, um, some of our cities, prayer, receiving prayer is number one. But here in Columbus, especially on Facebook, loneliness is higher than prayer. Wow. Um, which is um, interesting. I was just reviewing that last night. So the needs are real. Uh, people people are out there, and they're not being secretive or hard to find. We just need to decide as churches, is this something, you know, in 2022 that we want to make a regular part of our ministry? Um, because, you know, you're going you're gonna to find no shortage of opportunities. We'll, we'll send the people to you. We're also going to be doing some things at Glue where we're going to give churches more control. Mm. So you can say, hey, I can, I can take this many per week. Or we'd really love to focus and serve just people in these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also um, a number of other campaigns that are launching around Glue. So there's more and more opportunities where, you know, other ministries, some city, some state, some national, are finding people with particular need sets. And we're just doing the work of connecting them to our churches. Well, if we can, I mean, if we have 200 organizations on the platform right now locally... I mean, we're over 20% of, of our, you know, base here in Columbus. If that continues to grow, then people get more options. If the people accepting Explorers, we have more options. But then you guys will continue to innovate and try things and launch new campaigns. And I think one of the things, Brad, that we're talking about right now with, with the partnership is exactly that. The church is... Parachurch ministries can choose which campaigns they want to participate in or which ones they don't want to participate in. But at least we bring them a, a menu of things that they can choose from to get involved. I've analyzed, no, not analyzed. I have read probably 2,000 mission statements of churches in, in the seven-county area. I have done analysis on one to 200 mission statements. I have talked to dozens and dozens of pastors. Every single one boils down to helping the people around them and giving them some type of new life in Jesus. This Explorer campaign is one example of actually being able to live that out. And you guys, a year ago, wouldn't even, we wouldn't even have been having this conversation. And now, not only are you setting, helping us set that uh, table for people, but you're providing us a way to do that. So if we can get um, church leaders... What would parachurch leaders they can they can get on the platform too, right? We have some of them that are on there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We in fact we we celebrate that. We've had you mentioned River Radio. I mean Joy over there, 
Chaplin, their team has been um, receiving explorers as well. And what we love is sometimes those parachurch ministries have a unique ability to serve in one area. And then quite often they, they still recognize the need to get people into a gospel centered community of some kind. So as they serve, they may still be then connecting that person onto a church uh, we're we're gonna. By the way, we're gonna be building some tools this next year to serve those parachurch ministries also, uh, so they can better do that work of matching. Yeah, matching. I know. Leave a mark is sending people to parachurch ministries in their area. And yep. Now you're gonna say well, we're gonna make it easy to go the other way too. That's right. So that, okay, that's great. That's right. Yeah, I mean, this is this is innovation. There's um, lots of great quotes out there. Um, this is th- there's everything we need is here. I mean, we have. The churches we know how to minister to people. Um, just these these connections that we were kind of missing, or these ideas have now made it possible for us to surface a person, understand what their need is, get them matched to the right ministry, church, even individuals. By the way, we're doing a lot of work here in Columbus around mental health mm. as well, and there's there's a there's a, a number of people trained as. Um, lay coaches Mm -hmm. and then of course we have professional counselors Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's the right first stop Mm -hmm. for a person coming through right um we just want it to be through uh you know a biblical lens right right um so we have we have a shot at really you know presenting a real message of hope to this person well i mean i can't help but think you know 20 30 years ago someone going man well i got saved at a billy graham crusade or a louise palau you know palau crusade and and then looking forward 20 or 10 or 20 years and saying, I got saved because of a connection on Google. <laughs> right? I mean, Absolutely. that's the modern gathering place or the so, or social media. And you guys are here. You're Now you're expanding to um, several more cities next year. But we're one of the first four cities in the U.S. to, to try this. And its success is dependent on our participation. Right. And, and, and as I said, we've, we've really worked hard to build this in a way that's sustainable so that Columbus has <clears throat> certainly all the tools it needs, but we need the churches together on a platform you mentioned. We've got a number already on, but I mean, quite honestly, we'd love every church to eventually be on here because this is our mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't take anything away from the great work we're doing in our physical communities and in our buildings. Those are all deeply important things. But if we miss the opportunity here in our city to be on the receiving end of these needs online, we, we miss, I mean, it's just, it's that simple because the, the people are being discipled by something. And as you know, David Kinnaman said, and in, uh, he and Mark Matlock wrote faith for exiles. These, um, these digital natives, you know, are being discipled by YouTube and, um, the idea of us, sort of reaching out to this generation this is this is their in some cases their heart language if we want to call Mm -hmm. it that so we have to learn how to speak it Mm -hmm. as a church um the tools are there they're easy it's not not a difficult and you're not and this has all been covered through fundraiser money we haven't asked a dollar from a single pastor here locally there is a cost but that's right it's been it's been uh been underwritten essentially um, we do have churches that are paying, and um, quite honestly, there's as as we sit here today, there's an optional coming in. A church can decide, hey, yeah, we'd like to kind of pay and leave a scholarship for the next church. That'd be nice. Or we'll take a scholarship, right? Um, because obviously, these ads do cost money, and so that's that's part of the the wonderful design of this too is to make it sustainable. Churches can decide. Um, what kind of help they need. The point is we, we just want the churches in. We want to make it easy to join. And once you're in and get all signed up, like you said, you're going to start seeing people in your inbox and you get to do ministry. I mean, that's, that's as easy as it is. Yeah. And, and pastors, look, I want to encourage you. You don't have to, as the senior pastor, be the one that's doing it. Um, you could be the, the, you know, on staff there. You could be a lay, have one of your lay leaders. I guarantee there are people within the walls, your either physical walls or digital walls, that are very interested in doing this. And we have the tip sheets. Um, Glue has been absolutely phenomenal in support. I meet with them every single week, 
and they have a team dedicated to Columbus that answers questions whenever you have them. It'll help help you get through any issues that you may have. Brad, if you were to have any you know parting words for for faith leaders here, you know what would you say to them? Well, we're excited. I mean, <clears throat> none of us have to look very far to see bad news about the church. Uh, yeah. Um, and yet, what we're what we're so energized by is. God has given us like the resources and the tools to reach people. Um, we really have the opportunity to turn this thing around um, in our cities, in our local churches, you know, across the nation. And so the phrase we always use at Glue is one of the things we're after is to help release the collective might of the church. Mm. God has put incredible resource. Like he's not a God of scarcity. No. Um, we have we have abundant resources, and yes, we can reach culture. We can use technology. Um, again, as churches, we just need to kind of soul search, pray, let the Spirit reveal to us the opportunities, and then ultimately just make that decision. Hey, I want to make this part of part of my ministry strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there are churches doing that, as you said. There's a lot here in Columbus. Um, our prayer is that every church gets a taste of this and mm-hmm. understands how exciting it is uh, to reach and serve these people. If if we get even half the churches, but certainly if we get every church in Columbus doing this, we will see needles move oh, yeah. in this city. I mean, yeah. it's, there's no doubt. Uh, so that's what's exciting to us. And hopefully that's an encouragement. In the midst of all the bad news right. and things we, we often read about, there's a lot of good news and there's a lot of hope. Well, I guarantee you, it is it is bad situations. There's always someone who stands out. There's always some thing that happens that's better than everything. Why not have it be here, Columbus? And uh, and it doesn't have to be uh, status quo here. So again, that website, Brad, that they yeah, can go glue, to. glue and glue is spelled weird. We're we're good at a lot of things. We're not good at spelling, right? <laughs> so glue is G L O O. So it's glue connect. Dot church. church, Or you can email me, adam at fourcolumbus.org, and I'll connect you with them. And uh, so, Brad, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your partnership, and I really look forward to the future. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Great to be here, and we love Columbus. and excited for what the next year brings. Even if you're from the wrong side of the D.C. River. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Also, Rating and reviewing us on iTunes helps get the word out.